Okay, so bonus round. Matt, let's talk about creating other versions of your game, whether it's the dice game or whether it's season two or you know just different iterations, different uh, innovations, you might even say, on games. How do, you, how do you come up with ideas to do it? And just kind of tell me more about it. Tell me about your process for doing that. You've done so many times with Pandemic. You've done, uh, you have Forbidden Desert and Forbidden Island, so you've got some similar things there. Like, how, do you, how do you come up with these ideas? Uh, it varies based on the product. I mean, sometimes um, there's a clear brief, and other times it's sort of like, okay, we want another one. <laughs> uh, generally speaking, I, I try to uh, figure out some way to differentiate the product. I mean, each each different expansion or standalone game or, or new game really has to have a reason for being there because uh, I don't want to really – I want to avoid cannibalizing other games. So I don't want to have another game that's exactly like one that I already got in the market. So if you look at Forbidden Island, it, it really targets a younger demographic than Pandemic. So you've got sort of a cooperative game uh, for kids that they can enjoy a lot of the same things that you can out of uh, Pandemic, but you know, simpler setup, faster play times, lighter price point, different, different um, uh, you know, if you're not into disease, the treasures may be more uh, appealing, for example. Other expansions are really meant for uh, players who just want more. So you've played Pandemic and you want more and you want more variety, you want more replayability. And so I partnered with Tom Lehman on, on that to come up with On the Brink. And really that, that whole thing is just about adding variety to the game. you got different roles, you got different challenges. Um, you got uh, it's just a lot of different ways you can mix and match so um, you get more replay out of the, out of the base game. So I mean it starts with really kind of having a definition of uh, what the product is for. Is it for variety or is it to uh, approach a, a different demographic? Um, or is it to introduce a totally different play style? So the, the dice game was meant to be a, a version of Pandemic that you can play and set up really, really quickly and then play in a shorter amount of play time. So I think that's the, the first, first thing I would, I would say is just really understand what the purpose of it is and then boil it down into the simplest possible thing you can think of that, that addresses that and then build out from there. Yeah. Now, how do you make sure that, or for instance, like Pandemic, the dice game, how do you make sure it still mm-hmm. feels like Pandemic, but yet it's its own game? Because I've played some dice games that were like not at all like the original game, and maybe they were better, <laughs> yeah. maybe they were worse, but they weren't, in, you know, it's almost like the art's the same, but that's it. So how do you make sure the flavor is still there from the original game? Yeah, I mean, Pandemic the Cure is, a, is an interesting case study because there I worked really hard to make sure that it had the same feel. I mean, it is like a miniature version of Pandemic, a, a lot of the same decisions. It's got a pusher uh, lock mechanism in it, and it's got a little bit more lightness to it because it's a dice game. And I think the playtime is like a half an hour as opposed to, say, 45 minutes. And some of that is in a reaction to playing um, Catan the Dice Game, which I played and felt like, wow, that is nothing like Catan. <laughs> Uh, but to its credit, Catan the Dice Game can be played very very quickly, and it's very light. I mean, it's maybe five dice. I'm not sure how many dice it is in a pad of paper and a pencil. So it's a roll-and-write game. And you can play it very, very quickly. So the question I've got now is sort of like, well, is there still room in that area for a really lightweight game? Because, you know, Pandemic Cure, it captures the experience of Pandemic, but it does it at a cost, right? It takes a half an hour as opposed to 15 minutes. So I think you need to kind of weigh those factors uh, because if you want that 15-minute time frame, you, you've got to make some, some sacrifices. And so all those considerations need to come into play when you're, when you're developing uh, yeah. a game. So you're saying potentially down the road, pandemic, the roll and write game? Oh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure. 
but initially I was thinking that uh, the cure would be uh, lighter, and it ended up being um, a deeper experience, uh, which required a little bit more playtime and uh, more dice and so on. So, uh, but all those kinds of decisions end up in the product. So, you know, I think it, if I had a creative brief that said, oh, it's got to be playable in 20 minutes, I would have had a different game and would have attracted a different audience. So it's just one thing to, to consider when you're going in and, and, and building out a, um, another version of your game. What, what, what's more important? Is it the depth or is it the, um, uh, the playtime, for example? Yeah. Now tell me a little bit more about your process as far as creating other, other versions of Pandemic. For instance, Pandemic Iberia, which is, it's Pandemic, but it's different. It provides a different experience. Pandemic Cthulhu, it's Pandemic, but again, different experience. Mm-hmm. So like, where do those ideas come from? Or did people approach you about that? Or is that something you just kind of dreamed up one day? Like, where do those ideas come from? Yeah, from different places. Um, uh, Z-Man has been great about uh, you know trying to build out the whole portfolio of, of products under the uh, under the brand. So they've been a great partner. Um, the Pandemic Reign of Cthulhu uh, came out of uh, Chuck Yeager, came up with the design and uh, pitched it. And we did a number of iterations on it, helping him develop it out uh, until we ultimately got uh, the product that that, that shipped, uh, Pandemic Reign of Cthulhu. And that was really about there. I think the play length is a little bit shorter. Some of the complexity is a little bit lighter. There's maybe a little bit more chaos. (laughs) But more than anything, it, it, it... attracts a whole new audience to the game people who are really into um, the Cthulhu or the uh, HP Lovecraft's mythos and so um, yeah I mean it was pretty easy to, to talk about you know this is a, a way to use the the core engine to reach new people who aren't really in disease but can't get enough Shoggoths you know <laughs> so that's where that came from Iberia is one in a line of games now they're, they're standalone games we're doing one every year uh, that and it's called the Pandemic Survival Series so it's tied into the Pandemic uh, Survival World Championship. So you can play com- Pandemic com- competitively at tournaments around the, the country and other countries. And then each country sends um, their winner to a world championship. Actually, the, the next one's in the Netherlands in a couple weeks. I'll be going over there to, to watch it. And we do a, uh, a game tie-in to the host country of the uh, world championship. So this year it's in the Netherlands, the previous year it was in Spain, and the year prior it was in Germany. So that's where uh, Pandemic um, Iberia came from. Because, uh, I teamed up with a, a co-designer, a Spanish co-designer, that I met, Jesus Torres Castro, who was just wonderful to work with. And we cooked up a game that would be set in Spain. So we, we actually chose the whole Iberian Peninsula. For all those games, the key thing is coming up with something that's uh, different, and it gives you a reason to, to, to um, pick up the game. So... One thing we're doing is tying it in. So we got a location, we get a time period, and then we want some sort of mechanism that sets it apart. So in that game, you can there's no it's the 19th century, so there's no airplanes. You can't travel by air. You're doing everything by carriage or by rail. And so we built in this ability to build a rail network as you're playing, and it's got a very different feel to it. Uh, Rising Tide, which is coming out in I think just a number of weeks, mm-hmm. is set in the Netherlands, and there you're trying to save the Netherlands from being over. Uh, overcome by water yeah. uh, because most of the country is below sea level and you know we've got rising sea levels right now uh, it just felt kind of um, appropriate given the, uh, both the location and the times we're living in so uh, we knit that together and so instead of fighting disease you're basically just building up all sorts of barriers and dikes and, and flood control systems and, and windmills and some water pumps in order to keep uh, uh, everybody uh, safe from flooding and then you know we got another one I'm working on for the following year 
so that's been really fun, both because I get an opportunity to partner with a each time I, I try to partner with a designer from the, the host country and uh, try to come up with some novel mechanism in a, in a time period that, that all kind of creates a, a new package and a new, a new reason to, to pick it up. Yeah, that's what I love is that it, like, if you've played Pandemic, you know roughly how to play this game, these games. But there are these cool mechanisms that are added or these cool, like, for instance, in Iberia, you're not trying to uh, cure like, everything. It's, it's very different from the original because, it's again, it's the 19th century. So you've got more mm-hmm. things to think about. Uh, as far as like you don't have the technology that you had, and so it makes a very different experience. But yet, at the same same time, you still have that core uh, engagement experience of of pandemic. It's kind of funny. Uh, last week, a friend of mine was telling me about the Netherlands and like the how it, f- it was flooding and like all these different things. I was like, oh yeah, there's a board game about that. And he's like, what are you talking about? Yeah, it's a, it's a board game. I'm like, what? You, this is ridiculous. Like, it's really cool. It looks cool to me. I don't know. We should we should try it. And so. Again, you're bringing in more people that, like you said, that maybe aren't into fighting diseases, but they might find you know pushing water around in the Netherlands to be something they enjoy. So that's really cool. Now, any, any other advice, any kind of closing advice for somebody who has a game and they're wanting to make the dice version or, you know, the alter- a different version, any kind of closing advice for them? Yeah, I think I'd kind of sum up and say, you know, really know your objective ahead of time. Um, I can do standalone games because I can repackage everything into a whole new experience um, and not have to kind of worry about uh, complexity as much because I'm not interfering with the systems of the mm. base game. That's one thing. Or you can build an expansion to an existing base game that uh, builds on top of the chassis of the old one. But there, so the advantage is uh, you already know the underlying system, uh, but you have to kind of work with it. So you might get a little bit more complexity out of it. Uh, so I guess those are the two different approaches. You can build a, another standalone or you can expand on what you've already got. Uh, and also know that if you build out an expansion, you're you're going to get fewer sales of that because it requires the, the base game uh, to be had. So we generally figure about, I don't know, if you're really successful, you could get 25% or, or so on wow. picking up the expansion because you're, you're targeting a smaller market. It's a subset of the people who own the base game. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I'm just going it with open eyes as to what what your objectives are. Yeah, awesome. Well, Matt, pr- really appreciate you coming on the show. Good luck with everything you got going on right now. I'm super excited to see you. The, the next version of Pandemic, the, the other standalone versions coming down the road. I think you're doing a great job, and so just keep it up, man. All right, thanks. Thanks for having me.